Hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Monday, August 7th, 2023. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. It is the first of four Mondays this month, the 32nd of the year. It's also Purple Heart Day, honoring those that were wounded or killed in action serving in the U.S. military. The Purple Heart Medal, as you know, given to those who display unusual gallantry and bravery in battle and extraordinary service. President George Washington is credited with the creation of the Purple Heart Medal, originally known as the Badge of Military Merit. Today is also National Lighthouse Day, celebrating the history of lighthouses known as the Guardians of the Coastline. It's not really a surprise, probably not a surprise, to learn that the first lighthouse ever constructed was in Alexandria, Egypt, between 300 and 280 B.C., That might be a little surprising. The first lighthouse in America was on Boston's Little Brewster Island, constructed in 1716. Ships may need a lighthouse today in Boston and some other parts of the East Coast that are getting hit with storms today. Much of the southern portion of the United States remains under heat advisories or heat warnings again today. But, you know, it is August. The president and the first lady return to the White House today after their Delaware Beach vacation just in time to escape the storm that's going to move through Delaware today. The Houston Astros are visiting the White House today to celebrate their 2022 World Series win. That's the one that they presumably didn't cheat in. Major League Baseball is actually trending quite a bit for a change today. This after a fight on Saturday night between Tim Anderson of the White Sox and Jose Ramirez of the Guardians. If you don't follow baseball, that's the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Now Jose and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Guardians play-by-play announcer Tom Hamilton with the crafty call, as in, down goes Frazier. Both players are facing a likely suspension by the league today, and if you missed it, the U.S. women's national soccer team was eliminated from the World Cup after a 5-4 loss to Sweden over the weekend as well. It's the U.S.'s earliest exit ever from World Cup competition. And an NBA player fighting back against the woke agenda was on Newsmax over the weekend. If you missed that, I'm going to recap it in a few minutes. But first, the blood sport of politics was happening over the weekend as well. I fully rebuilt the U.S. military, created Space Force, and put the U.S. Space Command in Alabama, which Biden just moved the hell out of your state. But maybe that's not going to be the end of that story. We defeated ISIS and brought our troops back home. Yeah, we moved the whole thing into Alabama, and they just uh, announced they're going to take it out of your state. So you'll remember that. Donald Trump giving the keynote address at the Alabama GOP summer fundraiser on Newsmax. Trump highlighted his accomplishments as president as well as his future agenda. I will totally obliterate the deep state. It's a sick, bad group of people. I will say no to 87,000 IRS agents who want to take your money and destroy your lives. I will end the disaster known as Bidenomics, which shall henceforth be defined as inflation, submission, and failure. We will turn around our economy very, very quickly. I will cancel every Biden regulation that's harming Alabama workers and workers all over the United States. 
One of the first things that I will do to help the great people of Alabama is to approve a six-lane I-65 from Huntsville to Mobile. I, I heard Huntsville to Mobile, and I heard, you know, some of your great congressmen who I introduced, I introduce you great. All of your congressmen, everyone, have, in, have endorsed me. It's such an honor. But I said, what can I do for this great state? You can make a six-laner. Do, does everyone agree that's a big deal? Yeah? Okay. We'll get that done on the first day, okay? First day. I'll bring down the cost of energy, and we will become energy independent and even energy dominant, just as we were three years ago. And Trump spoke in depth on Roe v. Wade and abortion. Remember, the Democrats are the radicals on this issue, and you have to remember that. The Democrats, we're not the radicals on this issue. The Democrats are the radicals because they're willing to kill babies in their fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth month, and even after birth. Remember the governor of Virginia, that whack job who thought he was Michael Jackson, remember? They said, let's see you moonwalk, governor, and his wife saved him, because he would have moonwalked and it wouldn't have been pretty. He was ready to do it, it would not have been good. But he said, uh, yes, the baby's born, and then we sit down and we talk to the mother, and we decide whether or not we essentially terminate the baby's life. This is a baby born. And they have that, too. Numerous states that you can kill the baby after birth. So they're the extremists, not us. You have to fight that issue differently. A lot of Republicans, a lot of House members, they weren't able to talk about the issue. They didn't know how. They didn't say that they were the radicals, that they were the extremists. They're the extremists. They didn't say that it gave us tremendous power to negotiate. And we now have that tremendous power. And other Republican presidential candidates were campaigning in Cedar Rapids, Iowa this weekend. We will lean in against the Mexican drug cartels because they are poisoning this country. If they try breaking into our country with fentanyl, we are going to authorize deadly force. They're going to end up stone cold dead at the border. We have got to stop all the distractions. We've got to leave the negativity behind. We've got to start looking at these new problems with big solutions. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis among the GOP hopefuls in Iowa this weekend. Political analyst Mark Halpern on Sunday Agenda with host Lydia Serrani. So, Mark, uh, former President Trump keeping the lead by a wide margin in the latest New York Times poll. There you have it, 54% Donald Trump and then Ron DeSantis, 17%. You know, DeSantis's team, they're saying it's too early for polls, polls, schmolls, it means nothing. What do you think? Well, he's going to have to show some forward progress. Uh, his best bet, according to most Republicans I talk to, even ones who are supporting President Trump, is to close the gap in Iowa. The race in Iowa is tighter than the national race, but he needs to, Governor DeSantis to do well. He's going to have to convince people that he's a credible challenger to the president. And right now, he's still headed, despite the much vaunted reboot, in the wrong direction. We'll see in the coming weeks whether he can close the gap. But if he's not closer by October, I think you're going to see a lot of panicking on the part of those who will look to Tim Scott, maybe to Mike Pence, maybe to Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, to see if there's someone else up to the task of stopping Donald Trump. Right. It does look like uh, 
that there might be a tie or there could be a close race for second here. Now, as part of that same poll, Trump and President Biden, as I mentioned, they're in a virtual tie with the 43 percent of the vote, though it seems like even uh, CNN is a bit nervous about a Joe Biden run. Uh, let's take a listen. Let's play that clip again. The question is, how solid a candidate is Joe Biden? That's the problem. That's and, exactly the problem. And, and what is exactly the problem? That we don't know how solid a candidate Joe Biden is. We know he's not a solid candidate. Exactly. He is struggling. I mean, Within it, his is own hard, party. it is hard to watch. I mean, Mark, you have to admit, I have to actually uh, agree with them. Joe Biden is hard to watch. Well, this is a historic bet the Democrats are making. They've got an incumbent president, but the level of enthusiasm for him by almost every metric is weak. Uh, to be an incumbent president against a guy who the press says is unelectable to be tied, to be well below 50 percent, knowing that the Electoral College as opposed to popular vote favors the Republicans. I remain mystified as to the number of Democrats and so-called independent analysts who say Donald Trump can't win. At this point, you may well make him the favorite to win a general election if you face off against Joe Biden. Political analyst Mark Halpert on Sunday Agenda. The Trump indictment and Biden bribery scandal continue to dominate the headlines. More from Newsmax legal analyst and Harvard Law professor, attorney Alan Dershowitz. Do you believe that he is being politically persecuted? Isn't Lady Justice supposed to have a blindfold on for a reason? Yet it seems like they're specifically going after him because he's Donald Trump and that he's running for president of the United States. Well, you know, the, the Torah, the Jewish Bible, gives judges two instructions. One, don't take bribes, obviously. The other is low takir punim, don't recognize faces, don't ever do justice. Based on who the person is, always do justice based on the equal protection of the law. I have no doubt that if Donald Trump were not uh, in the polls, were not neck and neck or leading in the polls, uh, they would not be going after him. Look, we now know that in April of 2022, there were newspaper reports saying that uh, uh, that uh, President Biden was mad at Garland for acting too much like a judge and not enough like a zealous prosecutor. So when you have the president essentially sending a message to his attorney general and then the attorney general appointing a special prosecutor and going after him on charges that aren't warranted when you're going after the man who's running against the president. Um, so, no, I, I think that uh, this is selective prosecution. I don't think these cases are strong enough to satisfy what I call the Richard Nixon standard. Mm. Nixon prosecuted and was uh, threatened with impeachment and had to be pardoned only because pe members of his own party, uh, people across the political spectrum, knew he had committed crimes. That isn't true today. Um, people are very divided over that issue. There's a plausible case, obviously, down in Florida where he waived a classified document. But is that strong enough to prosecute a man running for president when others who have had classified material are not prosecuted? So, you know, as an anti-Trump voter, as somebody who voted against him twice and tends to vote against him for the third time, and as a civil libertarian and a liberal and a Democrat, I am very dissatisfied with the way this prosecution is going. Liberal, Democrat, non-Trump voter and constitutional law professor Alan Dershowitz thinks it's totally unjust. Texas Congressman Pat Fallon, a member of the House Oversight Committee on the Biden bribery investigation. When you're talking to IRS whistleblowers, 
that had a collective 27 years experience, which we did on the oversight committee. And I asked the agent Ziegler, I said, are you out for justice? You're out to get the Bidens. And he goes, I'm out for justice, of course, right? I said, are you part of the MAGA movement, which Jamie Raskin accused him of doing, Democrat from Maryland? And he said, you know, he's a gay Democrat. No, he's not part of the MAGA movement. And he, I said, in all your time, did you ever have an instance where you, they wanted to serve a search warrant on a storage facility that Hunter Biden put some documents in? Le Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers. That was where the agent Ziegler, that was his red line where he said, I have to come uh, to blow the whistle and come and testify in front of Congress. And then you had a agent Shapley who wanted to interview Hunter Biden. And he was told, you can interview him, but he has to initiate contact. Hunter Biden has to come to you. You can't come to him. Wait, it wasn't the, didn't the transition committee actually <clears throat> kind of tip off Hunter Biden? And they were, I think, in L.A. and they were going to interview him. Yes. And mm -hmm. then, oops, then they didn't interview him because of the transition committee that, I guess, protected Hunter Biden. But in Katrina, they also were not allowed to ask who dad was or who the big guy oh, was. Oh, my goodness. So this is completely obstruction uh, of the people that are supposed to administer justice. And we have to, again, we have that constitutional duty to say what's going on here. Because if you lose... Uh, equal protection under the law, then we're going to lose our republic. Texas Rep. Pat Fallon on Newsmax. His Texas colleague, Chip Roy, wants to withhold funding to the DOJ and the Department of Homeland Security until changes are made within both agencies. Democrats insisting the transcript of the Devon Archer interview that was released last week doesn't prove anything. But Republicans say nobody is buying Joe just saying hello and talking about the weather. And as I mentioned, President Biden is back in Washington. Washington, but Congress remains on recess this week. So if you're not familiar with the NBA's Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, you may be a little surprised or a lot surprised to learn that an NBA player is fighting back against the woke agenda in sports and against woke brands. American Agenda with Tom Basile. You're really sticking your neck out here, Jonathan. Are you are you concerned about being canceled or your career being impacted because you're you're bucking the trend, you're bucking that woke trend? Well, I, I definitely know that it's a possibility. Um, you know, I had the moment back in 2020 where I decided to, you know, not wear the BLM T-shirt or kneel for the national anthem. And um, that was a fear then. Um, but I just continued to just stand for what I feel like is right for me. One thing my pastor told me at that time was that you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And so that's what I'm continuing to try to just live my life through. And if it does happen that I can't play basketball anymore, then it is what it is. But I, I do believe that there is, you know, there is freedom and hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, but at the end of the day, we never know. Yeah. You know, when, when much of the NBA, as you said, uh, the players were, were kneeling for the national anthem. You were one of the few who stood to, to honor our country. What was that message at that moment? Because you had to make a really conscious choice that you were going to do something different and, and really step out. What was the message that you were trying to send uh, at that moment? And did you get any pushback from your team at that point? <laughs> I definitely got some pushback, um, you know, and, and I understand it. You know, there were guys who were very passionate and just people in general around the league and just um, around the country at the time. There were people who were very passionate about the Black Lives Matter movement and organization. And I understood why. For me personally, um, I just didn't agree with the tone and the rhetoric of the movement. Mm -hmm. And I felt that on the T-shirt and the national anthem, I would be co-signing their message. Um, and I didn't want to do that. Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe that it's not going to be a movement, an organization, 
or a political party that truly brings healing to American people or people around the world. It's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ that can truly penetrate the heart of men um, on both white and black side and bring people together. And so the message that I wanted to share was that we all fall short of God's glory. And if we're going to throw stones at a person or a race for that matter, um, we're throwing stones from a glass house. And I want to treat people the way that I would want to be treated if I was in a situation of, um, you know, be, being caught like that or doing something terrible at the end of the day. And so I just wanted to show love and try to bring people together. It's such, an, such a powerful message, Jonathan. Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, founder of the Unite Us Sportswear brand on American Agenda. Really, at the end of the day, what do you, what do you hope Unite Us accomplishes? What I hope Unitas accomplishes is building that community of people who are not only upholding these values and wanting to see these values upheld, but striving to live by them. Mm. Um, one of the things I say, and I want it to be a pillar of Unitas, is that I don't always live up to my Christian values. I don't always do the right thing at all times, um, but that doesn't mean I throw them out or that you know being a follower of Jesus Christ is um, is a bad thing. I try my best to continue to uphold those values each and every day, and I get better at them. And I think that's what America has done. I think um, one nation, nation under God, with liberty and justice for all, was a worthy goal. Um, and we can continue to strive towards being better at that. And we have, um, but I don't think all of that needs to be thrown out. Um, yeah. And so I just want to see people walking the walk, you know, talking the talk and living out these values for everyone to see. And then having a sense of uh, courage and confidence in the values that they uphold through the merchandise. That's NBA player Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, willing to risk his entire career for Christianity and his American beliefs and principles. The brand is called Unite Us. The merch, as they say, will be dropping this week or next week, so keep an eye out for that. Jonathan Isaac is 25 years old, graduate of Florida State University. Back in 2020, he was 22, right? Three years ago. Think of the courage it took for the 22-year-old to be the only player on his team in a Black Lives Matter shirt during the George Floyd protests to stand for the national anthem. I live in Orlando. I was working at a news talk radio station in Orlando at the time. It was a big deal here in the blue city of Orlando. It was a big deal in the sports community. Still is a big deal in the sports community and in the black community. Looks like the new trading week is off to a positive start on Wall Street. Investors, analysts, and everyone else looking out for more earnings this week. There'll be some uh, economic reports, of course, through the course of the week. But the big one came back on Friday, the, non -job, the non-farm payroll report, the jobs report. And don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, Spectrum, Xfinity, Fios, DirecTV, Dish, and many others. It's also available on your favorite platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, and more. And be sure to download the Newsmax app on your smartphone so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime, and stay up to date with all the news. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. See you right back here tomorrow and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.